0: Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis.
1: Well, hello again, and welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. We have uh, one of our frequent guests back with us again this week, and that's Congressman David Price, who represents the 4th District of uh, the state of North Carolina in the Congress of the United States, and has been doing so with the exception of two years, from 1986 to the present. Uh, You took a uh, a one-term sabbatical, which I I suspect may have ended up, and we'll talk about this a little bit, may have been one of the great uh, two years of your political life, I'm just guessing. But uh, at any rate, uh, we welcome you, Congressman Price, and delighted to have you back on with us.
2: Thank you. Good to be back. You know, I I brought up something
1: I I thought was – I I was just thinking about it when I said it, that the one term you set out may have been one of the best two years you probably ever had because you were able to sit back, observe, watch, and – Probably re-examine and, uh, uh, in many cases, reaffirm uh, w- your beliefs and practices.
2: Well, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it was certainly an unsought uh, sabbatical, but I, you know, I really can't disagree with you. I, uh, in in uh, in retrospect, uh, it certainly didn't feel that way at the time, but I did. Um, I did make good use of those two years. Fortunately, uh, Duke University welcomed me back to their faculty, so I was able to to pick up on my old career and a lot of my old friendships and uh, and I and I realized, you know, how much I valued those things, and uh, and I resolved not to let them slip quite as much as they had during my first uh, four terms. So I've I've managed to stay in better touch uh, with uh, with with a lot of colleagues and and um, and and have. Um, continued some of those career aspects. I mean, one of the things I do occasionally is write, write op-eds and, and, and try to, um, to, to blend my academic background and, and my uh, congressional experience into some things that um, – some, some interpretations that, that, that might be helpful of situations we face. Anyway, looking back on it, it uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't the end of the world. In fact, as you said, it was in some ways a, uh, a, a period where I gained some, uh, some perspective.
1: You know, I, I have said this about some other issues, but uh, if you were to rewrite uh, the Constitution or the law on terms, what would you think is the probably the practical term for a congressman? Is it two years, or would it be three or four? You know, for some reason or other we always think everything has to be in even years. It doesn't have to be. But one of the things that sort of uh, bothered me about Congress is it seems like that most congressmen are constantly facing re-election, and that uh, puts a lot of pressure on you not only in serving, but also uh, worrying about uh, getting re-elected. Would you change the terms of congressmen to three years or four years?
2: I think if I was starting over if I, and, and if I was king or whatever, yes, four years would probably be be better. um I don't. I don't feel really strongly about that. You know, the uh, the debate in the federal convention was not two years versus four years. It was two years versus one year. There there was a uh, a pattern in the in the state assemblies or the colonial assemblies uh, of uh, of one year terms. People were elected at the general court. You know, every uh, every year, and, and uh, there was a slogan in Massachusetts uh, where annual elections end tyranny begins. Uh, so 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 two years was, was was kind of a compromise at that point. Of course, now we don't uh, think that way particularly. But um, uh, I tell you, the only time I've been grateful for the two-year term is when I got defeated and wanted to make a comeback, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to wait four years. In fact, the day after I was defeated, I was plotting uh, uh, how to how to uh, get get that turned around so uh there there's some advantages uh, I, I think people who advocate two-year terms would, would probably also say that um, a, a two-year term is a check on the president i mean we've just e- experienced that with the 2018 elections we uh, we you know the country elected donald trump donald trump proved to be a very uh, controversial uh president uh, and in uh, and, and we've been able to check him in certain ways with a democratic majority in the house and if it wasn't for the two year term you'd be uh, you'd be basically stuck with the same situation for four years so i could i could argue it either way
1: now a lot of people and especially people who observe politics rather than government itself uh, look at the one of the most fundamental changes we've ever seen is the influence of third party money Uh, where third parties buy great amounts of political advertising and take particularly hard stands, it's usually in support of a candidate or at least a candidate's position. And in many cases, the candidate supposedly – in all cases, the candidate's not supposed to have any input, but I suspect in most cases they have some input. Uh, How have you seen that change the way
2: elections are run when we
1: have all this third-party
2: money? It's 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 been it has been a game changer and uh, and in not not in positive ways mainly I'd, I'd, I, I, I would say I mean there was an example I won't use names but uh, ever your listeners probably will remember this there was an example in this state in the 2018 election where a uh, where a, a Republican member had to uh, had to say about third-party advertising yeah. this isn't this simply isn't true yeah uh, and, which and, which was admirable and come forward well, with that yes, statement. it was admirable, but it was also in his own self-interest because <laughs> because true. what was being said about his opponent could also have been said about him. Had to do with taxes and with when we pay our property taxes. No. You know, we get our property tax notice in in North Carolina, I think, in every county, don't we? On September, September one, yeah. okay, and then you have until January sixth, and something most to people pay don't it. pay it, and, and of course, so so to say, someone who doesn't pay on September one is um, is is late with their taxes is simply. Uh, Highly misleading, Uh, and um, and so anyway, that was um, that was a a case where a candidate had lost control of his own message, and the thing his opponent was being charged with was something he could also be charged with. So he he did uh, deal with that. Um, What I keep hoping is that um, that enough members of all political stripes will will understand that uh, you know the tail's wagging the dog here. (laughs) You know, candidates and even parties. Don't, uh, don't necessarily control their own message or, or, or what the public is perceiving. And so um, I would like to see a couple of things. One, I think the super PACs or the independent expenditure groups, I think they should have to uh, stand by their ad just like we candidates have to stand by our ad. There needs to be an, an identification on screen who approved this message. Yeah. And that would be the, probably the top donors to the super PAC, number one. Number two... If you're going to call these groups independent, then they really should have to be independent. And I've introduced legislation to uh, so so that uh, it, it should be an oxymoron, a contradiction in terms, that you would have a candidate super PAC. No, no. Yep. No, a super PAC is, is independent, and there need to be rules that enforce that independence. And so uh, so they should they, they really should not have ties to candidates or or campaigns. Uh, you would think we could all agree on that, even if we don't agree with overturning the Citizens United Supreme Court decision, which made all this possible. But so far, it's hard to get bipartisan support for, for campaign reform of any sort.
1: As a point of education for <coughs> listeners to the media is in sort of a no-man's land on this— by law if a candidate's voice is only ad and it can be in the disclaimer uh, then the radio or tv station has no right to edit uh, the copy in fact has an obligation to run it as is and that's probably okay because now as you said it's a stand by your ad i mean mm-hmm. it's clearly identified <clears throat> with the third party uh the broadcast station whether it's television or radio has the has liability if the claims are so false that there is room for a, for a, uh, an opponent to uh, take, take you to court. And what uh, most people don't understand is how many times we send ads back again and again and again to third party groups and say, we can't run that. We will not run that. And of course, the pop- bottom line is when they get finally to some kind of a position where you know it's still basically not right, but it's You can live with it, but uh, it really puts a lot of pressure on the uh, media to to uh, take a look at the copy, and it's still in many cases misleading. But it it just can't be
2: definitely wrong. Yeah, I mean that's that's better than no corrective at all. Exactly. But the uh, I I think the the basic. uh, imbalance in our system now, where where these independent groups have absolutely no limits, and the Supreme Court yep. has said that. Yep. I think it's, yep. it's a five four decision, a very controversial decision. I think there are ways to uh, fix that, but uh, but right now, the the more modest patches that I talked about, I think are the way to go. Namely, uh, a disclaimer, an improved disclaimer, so we know who the committee for all good things who that really is yeah and a, uh, a real enforcement of the rules that they have to be independent of campaigns
1: that would be a very positive step and would take i suspect the copy coming in the first time would be a little bit less subject to being edited right. in the first place if that were the case but that whole process of, of being elected and of course you know interestingly enough the uh um, there are campaign laws and then there are fcc rules and uh, the uh, cable systems are not under the FCC
2: as far as their right. copy,
1: and uh, so what you see on a cable channel may not necessarily be the same thing you see on the broadcast channel.
2: Yeah, the the uh, and to say nothing of social media. I mean, I mean the, oh, the, oh, the yes. environment has has changed a, a great deal. Not just cable, but now uh, online uh, paid ads, yeah. uh, robocalls, these aggravating robocalls. All of these things need to be identified as to who they're coming from and uh and i would i would say uh, much more closely uh, scrutinized in terms of, uh, of of the flow of money what
1: well, we're going to talk about you mentioned robo calls we're going to talk about them i, I suspect you've gotten a, a considerable amount of mail about uh, robo calls and there is some action coming forth and i, I don't know whether it's enough but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on we also want to talk a great deal about uh, your role on the house appropriations committee and now that you are. Uh, the ranking member of the uh, transportation and Housing and urban development uh, group we want to talk about that and uh, then we'll also get into foreign affairs which you also have a keen interest in uh, great background and knowledge in that area as well we'll get to all of that when we return with the next segment of carolina newsmakers we'll take a break right now for this messages
0: when we get old will you take care of me if i can't get around anymore of course we'll find a way Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's disease research. 1-800-437-2423. I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see how to keep your child safe child-proofing your home, child-proofing your yard, child-proofing your in-laws' home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home? Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now, let's see. Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't Throw the Baby Out with the Bath Water and other safety tips. Of all parents. the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. Read the instruction manual and learn to use the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly. Parents guide to telling other parents how to raise their kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don
1: Curtis. We're back with Congressman David Price, who represents the 4th District and has, uh, for, let's say, I guess, 21 years. Is that right? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Oh, I forgot, to, I forgot to carry my one. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking 21 didn't sound like enough, but 31. And uh, he has been a frequent guest on this program, and we always enjoy our conversations because he always brings great insight to uh, and background knowledge to things that uh, uh, we don't get to, to see as much anymore because of the demise of the daily newspaper and the uh, uh, the change in how cable television especially covers news uh let's talk a little bit about uh, foreign policy for a while because this is an area that you've always been interested in and uh and i know this is not the uh, subcommittee that you are working with uh as as its chairman but uh, you have great insight and you were talking about uh eastern europe before well, the program started what's the situation there where do we stand what's what's going on
2: I have I have assumed a leadership role there <clears throat> there too as president or chairman of the uh, House Democracy Partnership, which is the bipartisan commission that we uh, began some 13 years ago to to work in strengthening parliaments uh, w- in in emerging democracies, especially post-communist democracies, but but uh, but uh, countries worldwide that we work with and. Uh, I also also now have a position on the uh, State Department and Foreign Operations Appropriations Subcommittee, so there's a, a, a little more of a direct input uh, for these foreign policy um, interests. Uh, well, Eastern, Eastern Europe is um, very much um, considered by Russia to be its, uh, its sphere of influence. <laughs> and they are struggling democracies there that have, uh, have felt the, the brunt of, 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 that, um, of, of that Russian influence. The uh, annexation of Crimea, the invasion of eastern Ukraine is the most uh, obvious example. But uh, our sister country, Moldova, North Carolina's sister country, Moldova, is, um, is under constant pressure from uh, Russia, including a lot of uh, interference in, in elections. Uh, Armenia – <clears throat> and, uh, and and Georgia these countries around the Black Sea were, were countries that uh, our uh, Commission visited in the in the spring and uh, I I really draw inspiration from that work you know we don't we don't pretend that we've got all the answers or that our institution is perfect but it certainly is uh, moving to see how uh, the rest of the world looks to to America as a as a, as a long, standing um experiment in, in in democratic governance and um the the, the the well you know it's um i remember uh i remember uh an encounter i had some year, years ago i was uh, in one of these retirement communities here and we were in a campaign debate and it was me and my opponent and then the two senate candidates and and so uh the the question arose uh, you know something about uh what horrible shape the Congress was in. And of course, we all, I have my own list of, uh, of criticisms and reforms, but, but everybody was just going at it. The two Senate candidates, my opponent, I was the last speaker, but everybody had just dumped on Congress in some, some, some awful way. And I, uh, I, I was tempted to, uh, to say some critical things, but I didn't. I stopped. I said, Look, I, I, I know a lot of what's been said here is true. This 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 institution needs needs a lot of change. But I am struck every day by the way the rest of the world looks to this country and, and our imperfect institutions. As it, it, and they aspire to that kind of uh, that kind of responsive uh, governance, where where the people's views matter, and where we try to accommodate all the interests in a diverse society. I mean, that's a that's a noble calling to try to do that, and um, that that really is, uh, I think, the way our commission feels about our own country. We 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 wouldn't begin to. Uh, uh, claim that we've uh, achieved anything like perfection or, or even that our constitutional model is, is right for export to every situation. But we do think there's a, there's a basic premise here that a democracy is not just about having an election. A democracy is about what happens between your elections. You know, do you, do you have effective responsive governance or not? And that depends on the quality of your Congress or your parliament. And it's messy. It is never pretty. But we've got to make it work. And so uh, that's the premise on which we engage with these countries. And, and these Black Sea countries that I'm talking about, they all are former Soviet states. But they're just as some, some of these countries are, are making uh, more progress than others. But they're, they're, they're basically plucky, determined countries. And, and they want to they be democracies. They, they want to have good relationships with the West. That doesn't mean they poke Russia in the eye. They've got to live with Russia. But Russia has no business saying to them, you, uh, you're part of our sphere of influence, and and and, and you, uh, and and we're going to determine your your economic and your political future. No, self determination is basic, and we're standing for their self determination, and we're working with them as colleagues, and I, I really believe in that work. So, <clears throat> this is um, this is what I'm very very happy to to resume. That I, I, I was as ranking member, uh, it it was bi- it's bipartisan, and I've I've had a good continuing role. But as chairman, I'm hoping to take this uh, this work to um, to a more effective level.
1: Let's change the subject and talk about the federal budget and the increasing deficit. Uh, one of the things that kind of worries me about the increasing deficit is the amount of the debt that is held by interest uh, in China. Uh, and we owe China investors, and so much. It, it bothers me that they, uh, if they were to call this debt or dump it, how it would affect us. Uh we are people always talk about the safety of our relations with China. China can't afford anything to happen bad to us because we owe them so much money. Our well, investors. The,
2: yeah, that's the that's the positive side of this, I suppose. And maybe it's one reason you haven't heard the uh the debt situation talked about more in the context of this current trade war, which is uh, which is pretty uh Pretty worrisome, and it's worried a lot of uh, worried a lot of our our businesses and farmers and others in this country because the impact is very very real. But uh, but you're, you're right. The uh, the extent to which uh, Chinese actors hold our debt uh, is uh, it, do, it does give some leverage. It also gives some stake in in our country's. Uh, uh, solvency and success though so uh, it's um, it, it it cuts cuts both ways but uh, the uh, the overall situation of our country's indebtedness and the way that in uh, this these last two years with this uh, this unpaid for tax cut a trillion and a half dollars further in the hole you know b- basically borrowing money to pay for a uh, a, a tax cut that we really we really didn't need. I mean, the economy was re- recovering. Uh, this this of course gave a kind of sugar high to the economy, but uh, but it's dangerous because now now what's in our toolbox now as we look at a real recession coming and the need for uh, some counter cyclical economic uh, policy. Uh, we've, done <clears throat> we've done the tax cut. We've done the tax cut. We've and and uh, I, I just um, I, I I worry that. Um, that that was um, that was an unwise move pushed by Donald Trump. Of course, it's his one legislative success, but I think it's left us in an exposed position.
1: Well, you know, from time to time, it seems like we always get uh, two issues mixed into one. There was a there is a significant difference between tax reform and tax cuts, but we seem to want to roll them into one issue yeah, and handle them at the same time. But they're really two different issues. I mean, you know, tax reform probably needs to constantly change because the economy changes but tax cuts get rolled into that for some reason or another
2: no there's a huge huge confusion of those uh, issues and some of it quite deliberate
1: well yeah and and to the public uh, in in general it sometimes rolls in and makes sense if it's one issue but in fact it's it's really not at all and we have sort of the same issue with violence and gun control i mean you know those are two different issues rolled into one guns are part of violence but but it's not the only
2: problem well it is but it is part and and to uh to to take the uh you know these uh, horrible mass shootings to say nothing of the daily uh carnage on the streets of uh, of our cities and so on to take that and uh, and say well it is it is only a mental health uh, issue and uh you know, by the way, we're not expanding Medicaid to cover mental health, but uh, you know that th- th- there's plenty of um, plenty of reason to criticize that kind of uh, viewpoint. I think we need to be honest about the uh, the the, the um, proliferation of, of of weapons in this society, and and ask ourselves some hard questions about who who should be able to get hold of those weapons, what kind of weapons should be on the street, and and what ones have no place on the street. And, and one I hope you could have a, a, a good set of uh, policies that would address those things, but that's, uh, that's one of the hardest issues right now to, to, uh, to get to that uh, I want to, 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 spend the, to bit, that rational kind of discussion.
1: I want to spend a little bit more time on that in another segment. I want to get back to the tax issue. Uh, are there any, is there any legislation that in, involves additional tax reform or tax cuts in this session of Congress?
2: There are, uh, there are proposals uh, that have been introduced by, by, by various members that deal with um, various aspects of this. Uh, there's there's always talk about uh, the payroll tax. I mean, I mean President Trump has uh, all, of, all of a sudden said he may just slash the payroll tax, I, and, and then he backed off from that for, for, ver- for very good reason. Uh, when, when you talk about the long-term future of um, Social Security, then you need to think about uh, – the the payroll tax and adjusting how how that's uh, how the social security tax is, is is collected so there are proposals that have to do with that which address long term fiscal uh, solvency of uh, of our retirement programs uh, and then there are always proposals about uh, you know tax breaks for uh, for specific activity I met I met yesterday with uh, a, a group of nonprofit leaders from uh, from the Triangle and. Uh, they they got nickel and dime a little bit by this uh, by this tax reform. There it was mainly a, a huge cut in taxes for uh, for the, for the wealthiest people in this country. But they did enact some provisions that I think were pretty uh, pretty uh, ill advised on on nonprofits, where they have to tax uh, some of their uh, parking benefits. Uh, you know, just little little things little that things they may furnish their employees, and they spend more time with they spend more time on tax consultants telling them what they got to do than they do on the actual tax. And, and so, and there's legislation, which I'm trying to help with that would, uh, would change that. So, so, but the, the bottom line is no major tax bills in, 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 in sight right now. I think uh, the, uh, at, at some point, some of these smaller measures may be assembled, uh, but uh, always that's hard because uh, you, you, Unless you, unless you just say deficits don't matter, which sometimes people say. <laughs> but I'm not ready to say that, and I think, I think we, we need to figure out if we're going to do another package of tax breaks, how are we going to pay for them?
1: Congressman David Price is our mm-hmm. guest, and we'll be back with another segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages.
0: Susie Orman here with a message from the FDIC. Recently, I got a letter from a woman who took all of her money out of the bank and put it in a shoebox. You know what I told her? Put it back in an FDIC member bank now. If you stay within coverage limits, you can't lose a penny. Go to myfdicinsurance.gov and click on Ed the Estimator to make sure your money is safe and sound. That's Ed at myfdicinsurance.gov. The more you know, the safer your money.
1: As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was .5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years
0: later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and
1: provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for
0: it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with Congressman David Price on Carolina Newsmakers, uh, and we've talked about a number of issues. I want to move uh, uh, to the thing that seems to be sort of front burner right now in more detail. We alluded to it a little earlier, and that's the trade war, the foreign policy uh issue that uh, seems to be uh, really uh, a threat to the economy or an improvement to the economy whichever way you look at it but we have a trade war going on especially with china that is uh, got a lot of people are very concerned about what the ultimate solution is where, where do we stand on that and what do you think is going to happen
2: well i've been watching just like a lot of people have as this thing has escalated um uh, the uh the 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 relationship with china the economic relationship with china is extremely important it needs to be carefully tended and it can't um, it can't set this up this country up for a fall i mean there there have been uh, Trade practices in that the Chinese have engaged in for for a long time that are um, that that do put this country at a, at a disadvantage, and we need to deal with them. And that would include uh, a, a kind of uh, wanton threat theft of uh, of intellectual property. It um, it has in the past involved currency devaluation, although not so much in in, in recent years. Certainly, state subsidies uh, uh, practices where. Products uh, often subsidized products have been dumped on markets in ways that are disruptive. You know, all of these things are are real issues. We have um, we have rules and laws that are supposed to deal with those. They don't all always. They need to be enforced. So I think for um, for any president of either party, the trade relationship with China is is, is going to be a real challenge, including the uh, trade practices that China engages in. So uh, this calls for for uh, a, a very uh, careful and calculated approach. It, it, it calls for uh, combining whatever sanctions you impose or whatever tariffs you might increase or whatever, combining that always with diplomacy and, and with a, a desired outcome. You, you, you don't just, in a, in a kind of wholesale way, impose a, a bunch of tariffs and assume that uh, when the pain gets bad enough, they're going to come to us and want to negotiate. That seems to be the approach of the Trump administration. By the way, it's also what they're doing with Iran in blowing up the nuclear agreement. It is not the way uh, successful diplomacy works. And, and so uh, that's – but that's the dilemma. And we, there's, there's no question there's some real issues here with respect to Chinese practice. But I'm I'm afraid that the path we're on, uh, is, uh, we're not likely to address those issues very uh, very directly.
1: Well, if you look ahead six months or twelve months, where are we going to be? <laughs> I see a look of puzzlement on your I, face.
2: You know, I, I I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows. Uh, and I'm not sure the president even even knows. the The president um, the president's shaken up these days, though by the. By the effect of this on uh, on the economy and on the stock market, he puts great stock in these things, so to speak, because uh, it's it's the best thing he's got going in terms of his own reelection. He uh, there there are stories all over the place now about uh, about the farm economy and what bad shape it's in and how how that's beginning to turn on him politically. Um, so the, a lot of, a lot of people are predicting that that Trump will find a way to. To de-escalate this and, and I guess I would predict that just just what I see coming in terms of the economic effects and the political necessities uh, I would think he would find a way to de-escalate this and one would hope then the Chinese would respond in kind and maybe we could get to a, a, a better basis for for talks but that may be too optimistic.
1: Well of course you know the the one fact that remains is this is of keen interest to both countries to get it settled it, is. So, it so. is now you know it's interesting how things hit the front burner and then they sort of slide to the back burner and then they sort of slide off the the, the stove as we say in the south altogether. Uh, we don't call it a range in the south uh, our producer jason Kongs from florida he doesn't understand we we don't call it the range or the cooktop it's we don't
2: call the beach the shore either do we no it's it's the beach (laughs) that's right
1: and 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 we're sticking to that okay but north korea was a really hot issue and all of a sudden we still hear about the same issues but it doesn't seem to be as hot an issue where do we stand on that is is there any movement going on there or is it still an issue that could blow up at any time
2: uh, I, I don't think there's much movement, and it could blow up at any time. And, and in in, uh, in various ways, North Korea North Korea is not only continuing its uh, its you know continuing its status as a nuclear power, but it's also uh, continuing to test missiles and and to to do things that are uh, provocative and that go right up to the edge in in terms of what uh, what. Uh, it's tolerable.
1: Do we just as a, uh, as a public don't, do we just sort of get to a point where we say we're tired of dealing with this? Let's just not think about it for a while. Is that what happens?
2: It it does happen, and in, and in the case of North Korea, you, you, we've had a stalemated situation through many many uh, administrations, um, and it, it's it's extremely dangerous. I mean, this is. Um, this is a nuclear power, this, and, and this is a rogue state. This is a, this is a situation where we've um, known for a long time that it was dangerous, that we needed the cooperation of the Chinese to, uh, to contain the situation, and uh, numerous administrations have, have wrestled with it, uh, and, and the people who understand the situation aren't complacent at all. Now, Donald Trump came in and said he's going to change that, and he, he's going to change it on the basis of personal diplomacy, I don't think uh, anybody thinks that has uh, has worked and and in, in fact it has some real dangers and you just wonder what he's talking about when he seems to have this uh, infatuation with uh, with the North Korean uh, dictator even now says his wife is uh, is fond of him and she's never met him that was the <laughs> latest uh, little wrinkle but uh, but I um, I think uh, the, the 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 situation is um, is essentially where where it's been for uh, for for decades, really, and um, it's just going to have to be managed. I I still would I, I think it's still an ultimate objective of our country needs to be to 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 negotiate a situation where where the uh, the danger is 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 less uh, immediate and and where there's whatever kind of uh, reduction we can get uh, an agreement on with. Uh, so, so it's it, it's a worthy objective. It's like, it's like um, the situation with China with the Trump administration. It's it's not that there's not problems here that need to be dealt with, and that others have been frustrated in dealing with. You know, these things need to be taken on, but I just don't see the current um, approach as uh, producing good results.
1: I suspect one of the great sources of, resor- of uh, research that you have available to you in serving. Uh, the people of the fourth district and the United States as a whole is your mail so what uh, what leads uh, the category of complaints or concerns that you're getting from your constituents in the mail and I guess email would uh, be a large part of that nowadays
2: yeah the mail the mail what we used to think of as the uh, you know the regular mail is now about five percent of the Communications we got. I recently checked on that, just uh, just curious, uh, and it's further reduced by the fact that everything gets zap- zapped for anthrax uh, that's sent to our Washington office. So if anybody's listening and thinking about communicating, either write our district offices or um, or use email or uh, other other kind of social media communications. Uh, it is massive. That's the first thing to say. I've never. It, you you might think after all these years in office we would have mastered this but you'd be wrong i mean it just it is a massive flow of communication uh often oh, well over a thousand um in a in a given uh week and um uh, and so we we struggle to deal with it we we try to give uh, of course we have standard responses when when people uh, contact us about things and we try to make those specific when there are specific issues uh raised uh, I can't tell you that there's one issue that is absolutely dominant. Uh, had the same question arise last uh, last night in a in a town meeting uh, setting, uh, someone's first question: What's the dominant issue these days? And uh, you, you know, if you look to just the volume of uh, of concerns that are expressed, and and also what seems to be winning elections or or dominating election discussions, you know healthcare still has to rank very, very high and and that would mean uh, not losing what we've got not, not losing the protection that people with pre-existing conditions to have to, to get insurance, for example, but also expanding Medicaid, which should be a no-brainer for this state, and only a handful of states now have uh, have refused to do it, but it does unfortunately include us. So health care. Um, the, the the most fraught issue right now, the most uh, distressed issue area right now is immigration, no question. And, and it's just... It, it is just every week. There's something new from the Trump administration. Um, you can't have asylum anymore if you have a claim of domestic or gang violence, uh, for example, or or if you if you seek uh, if you get on food stamps or, or seek get on Medicaid uh, and you're you're legal and you're trying to you're trying to get a green card. You're trying to get um, naturalized. Uh, that's going to count against you. Uh, these these. Um, immigration raids, uh, just seemingly random, and on and on and on. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a very uh, distressing, upsetting area of policy for so many people in our community. And we hear about it, you better believe we hear about it. We, not just letters, people who are concerned, but, but cases, just agonizing cases where, where in past administrations, Republican and Democratic, we were able to get some consideration and this administration is like a stone wall, so so we can go on. But but that's, certainly care, immigration, those are those are big ones that's right the top now, top of the list. Yeah.
1: Well, we've got one final segment to mm-hmm. to come up here on uh, this edition of Carolina NewsMakers, and in the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, what's at the top of your list and what's. Uh, likely to happen in the next 30 days or so and we'll do that when we return with congressman david price here on carolina newsmakers
0: you've got your shades on do you so cool so hip so sheltered by frames of uv protection to show the world you are a force But did you also know by wearing sunglasses you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right, sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. My memory is shot. My legs
1: feel like lead.
0: Every muscle in my body is screaming.
1: So why does everyone think the problem is in my head?
0: Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating, especially when those around you don't understand what you're going through. If you're experiencing extreme exhaustion coupled with difficulty sleeping and concentrating, body pain and flu-like symptoms, you could have chronic fatigue syndrome. But you're not alone. More than 4 million Americans suffer from CFS, and most of them don't even know they have it. Log on to www.cdc.gov/cfs for the latest researching guidance on diagnosis and management. That's www.cdc.gov/cfs. Get informed. Get diagnosed. Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Centers
1: for Disease Control and Prevention.
0: Carolina newsmakers continues, and once again, here's
1: Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. This is our final segment. We'd like to remind you that uh, many of you hear a half-hour version of this program. There are two more segments that you miss. If you'd like to hear those segments, especially with Congressman David Price, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear those two segments. Or if you'd like to hear a repeat of the broadcast or share it with a friend, you can do the same thing. carolinanewsmakers.com is our website. Congressman David Price uh and we counted up the years it's 31 not or or, is it 29 or 30 30, 31 31 31.
2: there was a two-year hiatus in there but um, we're we're getting up there
1: yep uh So, uh, anyway, he's been serving North Carolina for all those many years and, and has been a frequent guest in our program. And so as we look at this last segment of Carolina Newsmakers, we've talked about a lot of the issues that uh, we had on our list of things to, to ask you about. But uh, let's sort of turn back to you now and say, okay, what's at the top of the list now? What, what legislation is uh, most pressing what concerns are most pressing, and what is likely to happen in, the, say, the next 30 days
2: that we should be watching for? Those are, um, those are big questions. They would be any time, but they're certainly big in the current environment with the, the current leadership our country has. So, uh, but but to, to answer them, I'm going to talk about what I'm responsible for and what we simply have to get done uh, this fall. And that, and that would be the federal budget, the the, the funding of the full array of um, of, of programs and, and and policies in our federal government. We, uh, I, I'm the chairman now of the Transportation and Housing and Urban Development Appropriations Subcommittee. Uh, when we couldn't get a budget agreement early on, you know, to get off the off the out of the. Constraints of the the old Budget Control Act, which still he- hangs heavy over us, we uh, we went ahead and marked up our bills, and we have a great transportation and housing bill. I am very enthused about it. We've been able to make at least a down payment on this country's infrastructure needs, uh, everything from airports to intercity rail to uh, transit to uh, to highways, and and then we've uh, been able to. Uh, Get back into production in uh, in in much much needed uh, affordable housing for the elderly, for people with disabilities, for uh, for 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 to make sure that as our communities develop and gentrify, that we aren't just squeezing people out. That people who serve our communities can live in our communities. All that is uh, although all that's very pressing these days, and our municipal elections that are underway right now. There's no more pressing issue than affordable housing, and, of course, infrastructure isn't far behind. So we, we're we where the action is, and I think we've produced a bill that uh, we can be proud of. The Senate, now that we have a budget agreement just a few weeks ago, uh, the Senate is scrambling to, to pass some bills, and we'll have to get those bills blended and get them together, and hopefully not too far into the new fiscal year. We will have uh, our, our federal budget uh, intact. We'll have some degree of certainty so people know what they're dealing with, And we will have some commitments that we've made good on to um, invest in our communities. The,
1: uh, of course, you know, one of your uh, very important uh, 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 jobs in Congress is being on the House Appropriations Committee, which is one of the most powerful committees, and that's a a result of your tenure and your long uh,
2: Well, I got on it pretty early, but uh, having leadership on that committee is a matter of tenure. Yeah. You have to you have to hang around and um, get get yourself positioned and f- that has happened uh, for Course me. you had, you had it,
1: gray hair earlier than now. So it's not just the, this hadn't put gray hair in your head. You no, had gray that hair. I didn't, didn't
2: totally do it. What I was homeland security chairman uh, earlier. That uh, that Produced a few gray hairs, uh, and I, I did the best I could with that subcommittee. But I'm uh, I'm very happy to be where I am now. Uh,
1: I, there's one issue I wanted to ask you about. And this is uh, sort of interesting, and uh, it's it's bothered me that we are allowing states to uh, uh, have these tax incentives to recruit industry, and so it pits state against state, and mm-hmm. the winner is uh, I'm not sure who the winner is, but basically. Uh, The thing that's always bothered me about tax incentives is the fact that you're penalizing the taxpayer who's been paying taxes for years. Let's say you make Gidgets, and here comes another Gidget manufacturer and the state, gives them great benefits to locate and create jobs. Now, we're all in favor of jobs, but what this does is it puts state against state. It would appear to me that this would be Congress's job to say, wait a minute, tax incentives are out, period, Stop."
2: Well, if I was king, there—that's another one of those things that uh, would 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 be desirable, or at least to put some boundaries around this practice. But good luck with that. I mean, it is—that's uh, it, a very tall order, and not just states, but cities, municipalities, counties. You, you know, this this is a, a game that everyone plays, and. Uh, and and no one no one totally wins. I mean, you're you're right, of course, about the the burden on taxpayers. Yeah. And the um, I mean,
1: job creation's fine. I mean, that, that's 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 wonderful.
2: That's good. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I I say this about I, I don't know. You've had a, a lot of experience with with recruiting industries and businesses, and and I and I have too over the years. And uh, these these things are important, and occasionally they produce uh, big winners and big disappointments. Okay, but um, my when, when I talk to leaders who have uh, located their businesses, large and small, in this area, you know, that's not the first thing they mention. What, 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 they, what they mention is the, uh, is, is the quality of life. They, they, they want to be in a place where their workforce wants to live and, and, and raise families. They talk about the education and training, the community colleges often, the quality of the workforce uh they they talk sometimes about the infrastructure and i worry that our infrastructure here in the triangle is um it, it's been a factor in in losing a couple of recruitment uh, battles um uh, so so i think the uh, the kind of things that we uh in, invest in as as a community the kind of things we've talked about earlier in this in this program uh, investing in our communities the, the the kind of housing and transportation education health care that's available I think those are the those are the things that really are are basic to uh, to the decisions that the best companies make, and and uh, and a lot of them are very well aware of um, of course of their tax status. But I don't I don't for a moment believe that is uh, the the only determinant or even the main one.
1: Well, I would agree with that, and that's another reason for eliminating.
2: But anyway, that <laughs> that's just I, I'm on my soapbox here. I don't need to be on my
1: soapbox. I need to be. Uh, Asking you questions, so we've got about uh, about fifty seconds, about a minute for you to answer this. So, as you leave this studio this morning, uh, what's what's really on the top of your desk right now? What are you looking forward to attacking in the next week?
2: Well, what's on top of my desk is the is is the pressures we're under right now to. Um, to, to produce a, a budget for our housing needs and for our transportation and needs. and the trade war comes into that and, and and but and and that's I'm gonna I want to make sure that uh, that we uh, dot the I's and cross the T's and get that done but I have to say I'm concerned for uh, a, a lot of things right now and for our country's uh, moral leadership diplomatic leadership in the world the, the the trade wars is is one aspect but not the only aspect of this Um uh, I just feel like the conditions we're in right now in this country, um, the the Congress as an institution and, and, and you know people who uh, who uh, are attentive to what we're doing, we all need to step up our game because um, Congress is the Article One branch of government, and when things aren't going right in the country, when you have erratic leadership, you you've got to figure out how do you how do you uh, get, get get hold of the situation and do something about it.
1: You've left me with just the right amount of time to thank Congressman David Price for being our guest and, and giving us insight into what's happening and give us his views and opinions on what should happen. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can do that by going online to carolinanewsmakers.com. As I said, we'll be back next week, same time, same station, so we'll look forward to seeing you then. Until next week, have a nice week, everybody.